Chapters 1 and 2 of The Paradise or Garden of the Holy Fathers, Book 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Paradise or Garden of the Holy Fathers, Book 2, by Palladius. Translated by E. A. Wallace Budge. Here beginneth the second book of the histories of the fathers and monks, which were also compiled by Palladius. Chapter 1. The Triumph of the Blessed Man, Mark the Mourner. Marcus the priest told us the following story. At the time when I was administering the holy offering, I took good heed unto Mark the Mourner, and I never gave it to him, but an angel did so from the altar. I saw, however, the palm of the hand of the angel who gave it unto him. Now this Mark was a young man, and he could repeat by heart the New and Old Testaments. He was meek beyond measure, and in both body and thought, he was purer than many. Chapter 2. The History of Marpolis, the Prince of Monks and Anchorite. Concerning Abapolis, there were questions among the monks and anchorites who were living in the land of Egypt, and they asked who were the first monks who lived in the desert. And some of them remembered the saints of olden time and said, It hath been proved that the first to dwell in the desert were St. Elijah the prophet and John the Baptist, and it is manifest that Elijah was immeasurably superior in ascetic excellence to the other monks, and moreover, John was proclaimed in the womb to be a prophet before he was born. Now there were many who contradicted this opinion, and who asserted with firmness that Mar Antony was the first and the prince of them all and also of the order of monks. But if we wish to learn the whole truth, we shall discover that it was not Mar Anthony who was the first monk that dwelt in the desert, but the blessed man Mar Paulus. For I myself have seen the disciples of Mar Anthony who buried him, and they it was who related unto us the history of the man Paulus the anchorite, the Thebian, who was indeed the first monk to live in the desert, Therefore, we believe that it was not the blessed man, Anthony, who was the first to do this, as some men say, but Paulus, and for this reason I wish to narrate briefly the history of Paulus, the anchorite, and how he began and how he ended his career in the days of Decius and Valerianus, the persecutors, and how Cornelius made an end of the strife of his testimony for the sake of the name of our Lord Jesus Christ in Rome. Now this blessed man, Paulus, dwelt with his sister, who was the wife of a certain man, and their parents died and left them great riches, when the blessed man, Paulus, was sixteen years of age. And he had been educated in the learning of the Greeks and the Egyptians, and he was meek of soul and loved God thoroughly. And when the persecution of the Christians waxed strong, he remained continually in one place, and he took care of himself at all seasons, or continually. Now the avarice which constraineth the race of the children of men to commit evil deeds did not cease from him, for his sister's husband, instead of hiding him, endeavored more strenuously to give him up to the persecutors. And he neither had pity upon the tears of his wife, nor did he fear the judgment of God and he desisted not from his iniquitous conduct, but continued in his envy, and sought always to give him up 
because he was a Christian. And the wise young man, having comprehended his guile, and knowing that he was lying in wait for him, took to flight secretly. And he went to a certain high mountain, which he found to be not what he desired. And he changed his place of abode, on account of the violence or necessity of the persecution. But as he was living there, little by little he found out in the mountain a rock, wherein was a large cave, which was shut in with a stone. And having lifted up the stone, he found within great repose. And he looked inside with great desire, and he discovered that the cave was clean, and that the dust of the ground also was fair. And he loved the place and dwelt there, and he gave thanks unto God, who had given it unto him for a dwelling place. And he lived in that mountain all the days of his life, and his food and his raiment were made of the palm leaves, which were in the mountain. Now in order that no man may say, How is this possible? I take God and his holy angels to witness that we have seen many monks living in this fashion, and that they have brought their lives to an end in this way, and have not been afraid of Satan. I must not, however, neglect the history of the blessed man Paulus. This holy man lived a heavenly life upon the earth in love to our Lord for one hundred and thirteen years. And Mar Antony, who was ninety years old at the time, was living in another desert. And Mar Antony, on one occasion, told me the following. I once thought within myself that there was no man living beyond me in the desert, and on the night wherein I pondered upon these things in my mind, it was revealed unto me from God by one who said unto me, Beyond thee and the desert there is a man who is more excellent than thou art. And it is meet that thou shouldest go and see him with all diligence and with great joy. And when the morning had come, the blessed old man, Mar Antony, took the palm branch, whereupon he leaned his weight, and he began to walk in the desert, as his mind directed, because he did not know the way. And when it was noon, although the heat of the sun was fierce and burning, the blessed old man did not turn aside from the way. But he said, I believe that God will not withdraw his hands from me but will show me his servant, concerning whom he hath sent me a revelation. And as he was thinking thus about him, he suddenly saw a man who possessed two natures, one half of him being that of a man, and the other half being that of a horse. Now the poets call this being a centaur. Then the blessed Anthony called unto him and said, I, a man of God, say unto thee, Where dost thou dwell here? And the creature returned him an answer, in a barbarous language, with words of impurity, and his mouth was full of fear. So the old man went on his journey, seeking out the way. And as Antony was marveling at this thing, the animal passed in front of him, as if it were going into a broad field. And Antony knew that it was Satan, who had taken the form of the creature, in order that he might terrify the blessed man. And he wondered at the similitude of the form which he had seen in the animal, and having passed on a little way further, he saw another animal, which was smaller in statue than the first one. And he was standing on a rock, and he had horns upon his head and on his forehead. And when the blessed Antony saw him, he put on the helmet of faith, 
and took the shield of righteousness. And he asked him, Who art thou whom I see here? And the creature answered and said unto him, I am a mortal man, and one of these who are in the desert, whom the heathen call satyrs, and whom, because of their error concerning them, they worship as a god. And the beast, having spoken these words, the old man, Antony, went on his way, and his tears were flowing, and they ran down upon the ground. But he rejoiced because of the glory of Christ, and because of the destruction of Satan. And he wondered within himself how he had been able to understand the words of the animal. Then he smote the ground with his staff, and said, Woe be to Alexandria, woe be to the city of the heathen, wherein are gathered all the devils of all creation. And Antony went on his journey, thinking anxiously how he could attain to the end thereof. And he wished to find the servant of God. And whilst he was meditating what he should do and where he should go, he observed on the flat surface of the desert the footprints of an animal which had passed over the spot that very day. Then he meditated within himself, saying, it is impossible for our Lord to forsake me. And he journeyed on his way during the night with his prayers in his mouth continually. And when the morning had come, he saw a huge hyena running with all its might up to the top of the mountain. And he followed in its footsteps. And having ascended the mountain, he came nigh unto a cave and saw the hyena going into it. And he looked into the cave and saw perfect love that is to say, more Paul the old man. Then he cast away from him all fear and doubtful thoughts, and looking into the cave, he saw that there was much light therein, and he approached the door of the cave, and knocked thereat with a small stone. But as soon as the blessed man Paul heard the sound of the knocking, he rolled the stone down quickly, and closed the entrance of the cave. Then Antony fell upon his face before the door of the cave, and besought him to let him come in, and said, I am alone. And the blessed man Paul answered and said, Why hast thou come? And Antony said, I know that I am not worthy to see thee, but since thou receivest wild beasts, why dost thou hold the children of men in abhorrence? I have sought and have found thee, and I knocked with confidence, Open thou then the door unto me, and if this may not be I shall die here. And when thou seest my dead body, do thou bury it. And when with these words Antony had taken up his position there, the blessed man Antony answered from within, and said unto him, No man who is angry cometh in here, and no man entreateth for admission, and make accusations. Then he spake unto him words of gladness, and he opened unto him the door, and they met and embraced each other and kissed each other with holy kisses, and each man told his fellow his name. Then after these things the blessed man Paul made Mar Anthony sit by his side, and he said unto him, Why didst thou cast upon thyself all this tribulation, and the great labor of seeking to see an old man whose body is altogether withered and emancipated. After a short time thou wilt see that I have become dust, but love overcometh all things. 
tell me now what is the present condition of the race of the children of men and whether they are still building houses in the ancient cities whether there are still kings in the world and whether the governors of the world are still in subjection to the errors of devils and having said these things unto antony the two of them looked and they saw a raven sitting on the branch of a tree and straightway it stood up with great quietness upon the branch and it had in its beak a whole loaf of bread which it came and laid down between them whilst both men were looking on and when the bird had departed they both marvelled and the blessed paul said unto mar anthony truly our lord is merciful and pitiful in that he sendeth us a meal in this way for behold for fully sixty years i have been in the habit of receiving from this bird half a loaf of bread daily but at thy coming behold our lord has sent unto us a double portion of food because we are his servants then having given thanks unto god both men sat down at the table and they disputed with each other who should first break the bread and whilst they were thus disputing the night came on thereupon the two men took the bread and spread out their hands and brake the loaf in the name of our lord and ate it and having eaten they stood up the whole night in prayer now when the morning had come paul said unto antony thou must know o my brother antony that i have been living in the desert for a long time and that it was our lord himself who revealed unto me what manner of man thou art but because the time of my rest hath come and because that which i have been seeking that is to say that i should depart and be with our lord is about to overtake me i could not go to see thee and now that my time hath come to an end and as i believe a crown of righteousness hath been laid up for me thou hast been sent by our lord that thou mayest bury my body in the ground now whilst the blessed man paul was saying these things mar antony was weeping with many tears and heaving sighs and he made supplication unto him and said o my beloved one leave thou me not here but take me with thee whither thou goest and the blessed paul answered and said unto him it is not meet that thou shouldest seek thine own advantage but that of thy neighbours and therefore o my beloved i beseech thee if it be not a thing which is too hard for thee to go quickly to thy monastery and to bring hither to me the cloak which mar athanasius the bishop gave thee now he did not speak thus because he had need of any apparel but because he wished to depart from his body whilst mar anthony was absent and when anthony heard concerning the bishop and concerning his cloak he marvelled within himself and having looked upon the blessed paul in our lord jesus and bowed down before him he prayed and set forth to go on his journey and he approached and kissed him on his eyes and on his hands and he made haste and went forth to depart to his monastery and having made the journey and arrived at this monastery his two disciples who had been seeking him for a long time met him and they said unto him o father where hast thou been these days and he answered and said unto them woe be unto me woe be unto me a sinner 
for the name of Christian which I bear is only a borrowed thing. This day have I seen Elijah and John in the desert, for verily I have seen Paul in paradise, and he was holding converse with them. And Mar Antony smote with his hand upon his breast, and he took the cloak and went from his disciples, who besought him to reveal unto them the whole matter. And he said unto them, There is a time to be silent and a time to speak. So he departed and went forth on his way without taking any provision whatsoever with him. And he made haste to come to the place where the blessed man Paul was, for he desired earnestly to see him again, and he was afraid lest, while he was yet afar off, Paul might deliver himself unto our Lord. And he journeyed on his way the first day, but on the second, at the time of the ninth hour, he saw along the road in the air a company of angels, and a multitude of prophets and of apostles. And Abba Paul, who was shining with light like the sun, was in their midst. And he went up with them into heaven, and immediately he saw them, he fell upon his face on the ground. And he sighed and wept, and cried out, and said, O fear of God, why hast thou left me thus? And why didst thou not receive my salutation, together with all the toil of this journey, which I have made as swiftly as a bird? And Mar Antony went on his way, and arrived at the cave. And he saw Abba Paul kneeling upon his knees, with his face gazing into heaven, and his hands spread out. And seeing him thus, Mar Antony thought within himself, and said, Perhaps he is alive. And he prayed fervently, and the blessed Paul also stood up and prayed with him. And when some time had elapsed, and he heard neither the sounds nor the sighs which are customary in prayer, he knew that it was only the body of Abba Paul which prayed. And he bowed down before God, in whom everything liveth. And he placed the body in the middle of the cloak, and wrapped it in it. And he took it upon his shoulders. And though he sang psalms, According to the custom of the monks, the blessed Antony was greatly grieved because he had not remembered to bring with him a spade or some other instrument wherewith to dig a grave for the body. Then he meditated within himself and said, What shall I do? If I go to my monastery and bring a spade, I cannot possibly return here in less than four days. And he said, O Jesus Christ, let me also die with thy beloved servant Paul. Now as he was saying these things, behold, two lions came running along together, and when he saw them, his whole body smoked with fear. And when he had lifted up his mind to God, and had looked at them again, they appeared to be doves flying through the air. And the lions drew nigh, and stood near the body of the blessed Paul, and they wagged their tails at the blessed Anthony, and they crouched down before him in perfect tameness. And they rubbed their teeth together and purred so loudly that the blessed man knew that they wished to be blessed and to be helped, and that they desired to know concerning the departure of the blessed Paul. And after they had acted thus, the lions began to dig a grave, and they threw up the earth with their paws, and they made the hole in the ground deep enough and wide enough and long enough, according to the measure of the body, and they lowered their ears and their tails, and bowed down their heads before Abba Antony, and they licked his hands and his feet, 
and he knew they wished to be blessed then he gave thanks for the glory of god because that even the wild and savage beasts knew how to help the good and chosen men of god and he spake thus o lord god without whose command not one leaf falleth to the ground and against whose will not one bird droppeth into the snare do thou bless all of us and he brought his hand nigh unto the lions and commanded them to depart and when the two lions had gone away anthony took the body and buried it in the customary way then after one day he took the tunic of abba paul which was made of palm leaves sewn together like a true inheritance and a thing which brought privilege and departed to his monastery and when he had arrived there he related unto the monks the whole matter in due course and on the feast of unleavened bread and at pentecost saint anthony used to put on the tunic of the blessed and holy paul and he would pray with it upon him and i hieronymus the sinner entreat all those who read this book to pray for me end of chapter one and two